Hey everybody, this is Tyson and Logan, and you're listening to Dad Bods and Beards Podcast. It's a show that gives you a fresh look on being a father, a husband, and honestly, a man being in today's world. For people who want to have a good time, laugh, and be uplifted, thanks for subscribing and listening. Now for the show. <laughs> he doesn't know. I'm going to do it again like what we did last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke unless you've listened to our last podcast, Brian. Here we go. Dad bods and beards. Oh, come on. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. No. You like built it up. You're like, oh, Brian, we do. I started doing this and then you didn't even do it. So, well, because my, my computer's a little slow right now. But, uh, oh, okay. all right. So, everyone, uh, I'm Tyson, the slogan, and we have an amazing person here. He is the founder of I Got Your 622. And so he, I'm going to read a little bit about what his uh, I Got Your 622 is about, and then uh, we will start talking with uh, Brian. So I Got Your 622 was born from an unfortunate reality of a veteran that was fortunately stopped en route to take his life. Luckily, this attempt was thwarted, but this is not the story with a happy ending. The hard work and the lifelong struggles begins. Mental resiliency is the ability to stand strong in the face of stress, strain, struggle, and constant negative pressures. Sadly, we all face them, face times of weakness, isolation, and become vulnerable enough to start circling the drain. We function as a team or else we fail as a team, only in the face of our mental health alone. After the fortunately unfortunate tale of our one of our brothers, I Got Your 622 was born. We actively seek and find those in need and bring them into the community so they don't fight their own demons alone. So I'd like to uh, just formally introduce you to Brian. And so, uh, Brian, after reading your website and about us type of thing and your mission, can you tell us uh, a little bit more about yourself and the reasons for starting this uh, this charity? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i an eight-year veteran of the Army. I was a combat engineer. For those that don't know, it's basically infantry with demolition uh, experience. Um, I went to Iraq in 2003. Uh, came home in 2005, and I was never really the same. I really struggled getting back into society, integrating with my family. Um, I I regret it now, but I look back and I, I treated my kids like they were my soldiers uh, instead of my children. So just a lot of struggles uh, trying to adapt to civilian life. Um, in October of 2019, I was that unfortunate soul that was on his way up the uh, Ogden Divide to take my truck off the cliff. Uh, got turned around, uh, woke up the next morning with a very bad hangover and decided I was going to start a podcast and reach out to other brothers and sisters that were struggling with mental health. And that introduced me to a lot of my first couple of guests uh, I never knew uh, met them through the podcast and ended up being great friends with them and they became members of the board we had an idea to start a nonprofit and help out our brothers and sisters that are struggling and now here we are 2023 and we've now provided them a 24 service dogs in the last two years wow and that's cool 
You want to tell us a little bit about what that means and kind of what you do as a charity? Yeah. So when we first started, we wanted to cast a big net and, and help everybody that we can. And then we, we, we found out real quickly that helping a lot of veterans in other states was very, very hard. Um, so what we started to do is reach out to other organizations. And so if someone was in Indiana and was struggling, we would reach out to motorcycle clubs or VFWs or whoever we could reach out to in that area. And we would put them in contact with that veteran that was struggling and, and try to help out that way. Um, in doing so, we had a, an event here at a local restaurant in Utah and uh, we threw it together and Less, less than a week and a half. And we had such great success that we were just like, oh, wow, this kind of works. And we, at that time, that's when we found Dog Training Elite and uh, Four Paws for Patriots here locally in Utah. And they both volunteered to provide the service dog training with us, you know, getting the dog, paying for a dog or finding a dog, getting a dog donated. And uh, from there, we just, put out on social media, hey, if, if you're struggling, here's a way to help. And a lot of veterans don't, they don't know that a service dog can help them because people think, oh, if you have a service dog, you need to be missing an arm or a leg or mm -hmm. have a disease that the dog triggers on. And, and I myself have a service dog and uh, it's changed my life. I can get out in public a lot more now. Uh, travel on airplanes, stuff stuff I stopped doing after I got home from Iraq. So having a service dog for me has provided me my life back. So uh, with uh, the service dog, can it be any dog? And then what type of training do they have to go through in order to be a service dog for someone so, with PTSD or anything like that? Uh, not so much any dog. We have a lot of people that uh, are trying to get smaller lap dogs. And that those work great for emotional support. But mm -hmm we tend to lean towards uh, the labs or Malinois or uh, German shepherds, kind of bigger dogs, golden doodles or Labrador retrievers. Just they're not, they're not known to be aggressive. Um, they're very, very smart, very easy to train. And uh, the training, depending on what organization we go through. So we try to, to pair the veteran or the first responder to the training that they're going to get. So if they're in Cache County, we have underground kennels up there. If they're in the Ogden area, we have four paws for Patriots. And if, if they're kind of in the Southern area, we have dog training elite. So we hmm. kind of work with each of these companies and the upside to it is this is not, you're not the veteran and first responder is not getting a dog that is fully trained. They're getting a puppy. Mm -hmm. and they are doing the training with the dogs themselves oh with interesting. The trainers so so that way they built they build that bond they build that connection and they become inseparable with the exception of one we have one navy veteran who is still trying to get out process that uh, our last fundraiser got their dog and so a family member is now doing the training with that with that animal until she gets she can get back to utah Okay. So say it's almost like uh they do when they do canine officer training where they get him as a puppy mm -hmm. and the officer trains becoming a canine officer with their new puppy. So it's 
like I said, like that same thing I've heard guys talk about. It's you're creating that bond early on that this is, this is your partner. So the dog understands right. it's not just you're my owner. Like, no, you're, you're, you know, you're who I work with. You're like, you're, you're home, you're, your command, you're all that stuff. That's, that's really cool. I like that. Yeah. I have a coworker um, in the air force. Cause I work in uh, uh, Hill air force base. He has uh, served uh, several times uh, in the air force and uh, he has severe PTSD. Like when, whenever there's any fireworks or anything like he's gone, he goes to Island park where you can't hear anything, see anything. A lot of things will trigger him and stuff like that. And he has a dog and I actually was talking to him when we decided to uh, partner up. And uh, he said that it's amazing the instincts that dogs have when you're struggling and when you are suffering, they just know and that like, they'll come right up to you. They'll go underneath your legs and, and just comfort you the best way they know how. And he's like, and that's my baby. And he's like, she's helped me so much. And I'm like, that's interesting. And he didn't get it from you. And, and he just got a puppy just to get a puppy for his kids. And he created this bond with this dog that has helped him out immensely through yeah. hard times. So with me, when I got my, I had my dog, I have a, a German short hair pointer and she was my dog as a, as a pet. And mm -hmm. I just noticed before I uh, got her trained as a service animal that she could pick up when my anxiety was spiking. I like, she kept, she would keep getting up on my lap and it was, it was aggravating me because I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then it just started clicking that she could tell that there was a problem. So I reached out to an organization uh, locally, the Malinois Foundation. They set me up with Dog Training Elite, and then mm -hmm. they actually trained my dog oh, to, wow. to pick up on it. So she she knows my little triggers. If I start twirling my wedding ring, she comes and she'll break my hands from away from each other really? to kind of break my contact. Uh, I have a very bad problem when my anxiety spikes that my my legs just shake. I just bounce my legs and she'll come. She'll put all of her body weight on, on my leg until I stop. Uh, if I'm having a nightmare in the middle of the night, she'll wake up. She jumps on the bed and rests on my stomach until I wake up smoothly and calmly. So I don't get startled. So that's amazing. going to the, <clears throat> going to Walmart, I've got her trained to where if we're stopped, she'll sit between my legs, facing my back to kind of watch my six or or watch my back for for those that aren't military um or if i'm in the aisle just standing there she'll kind of and someone comes up close to me she'll just kind of sidestep to kind of skirt them from getting too close to me one way or the other that's amazing dude i love that i got like i got like the chills that's like the coolest thing ever i'm like i'm i'm super happy for you that you have that and i and i can i can think of you know, different guys, you know, men and women that I've met over the years. I'm like, that would have been an amazing help for them had they known that programs like this exist. And then I'm also kind of jealous because I'm like, man, I got two little rat dogs and they just lay there all day or bark at me. <laughs> so, like this, that's so, like I said, I just kind of got the chills of kind of like when you said I got your six, it just like everything clicked. I'm like, dude, that makes total sense. Like your dogs, mm -hmm. these dogs, they've got your back. And it's, that's, and the best part is, is I've heard this a hundred times over is that this is what they correct me if i'm wrong this is what they love to do like they're like mm -hmm. these dogs like they live for this like like they live for helping and like giving aid and taking care it's of and like being that being right. that yeah it's their purpose so it's like they're getting total fulfillment out of this right yeah and if anybody knows the german short hair they are go 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 they are 10,000 yeah. miles an hour when she has her service vest on 
She is the calmest German short hair you will ever see. Wow. As soon as you take that off, she is running as fast as she can. She's got the zoomies. She's going to go up to everybody and be, you know, try to get pet by anybody. Because if she doesn't have her vest on, I don't. I, it's it's fair game. She's a dog at that point. She's she's off work. We're home. She can be yeah. a dog. In public, she knows if she has her vest on, she's not going to go say hi to people unless I tell her to go say hi. Wow. So besides yourself, um, and I mean, you're a success, and it's still work and it's still constant battle, but you're a success of what you've created. Do you have any other stories of other veterans who have benefited from this charity and, and kind of what is going on with them, if you're allowed to say? Yeah, I mean, I can, we have, we've had a lot of, a lot of success with our veterans and, and mainly the biggest thing I hear back from everybody is I, I, I got my life, I get to be a participant in my own life instead of just being there like they they actually get to participate they get to go to the birthday parties with the family they get to go they get to go to the fair they get to go to all the things that they avoided uh one of the things we're going to try to do this year coming up i we just brought on an amazing event coordinator and uh, we're going to try to get with usana and Mm -hmm. try to get a a trailer up to usana and just kind of mark off an area so military and first responders that struggle being around a lot of people can be in a smaller confined area with like-minded people. So something we kind of want to push this year, um, cool. this year coming up just to try, cause that's one of the things that's hard going, going to events. And I love my concerts, but it gets, it gets very overwhelming being shoulder to shoulder with people all day long, all, all night for So I think it's tough. I don't suffer, uh, uh, from any of that but even me just going to disneyland or a concert or anything like that i have a hard time yeah disneyland specifically <laughs> yeah. i love disneyland but that's probably the only place i'll tolerate that that's about it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how has your charity evolved like i know where it is but what do you foresee happening here in the future do you continue just doing the same thing or how are you doing more outreach obviously going to sauna and things like that but um, you talked about maybe going to the National Guard and partnering up with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. So we're we're trying to get in with the National Guard to uh, talk to soldiers returning home from deployment. Currently, the way it sits now is when you come home from deployment, before you get to see your family or anything like that, you're put into a room. You've got an officer, non-commissioned officer, or an officer standing in front of you, giving the same PowerPoint that they give to everybody. So I don't want to say that they're not passionate about it, but once you've been gone from your family for six months, a year, 18 months, you're not really listening to that person at all. You just, you just, you're just sitting there and you're checking off a box to go to the next station. Cause that's what you have to do to get home. What we're going to, what we're hoping to get done is get through these steps. Cause once you come home, you're still going to the armor. You're still, mm-hmm. you're still meeting wherever you got to meet. Let's have the meetings. Then after you've come home, you've seen your family that you've missed. And then have someone who's tat- tattooed up sleeves, someone who's been there, someone who's lived it, someone who knows what's going to be coming. And I think that's going to hit home with the veterans a lot more than just a guy in a uniform that maybe hasn't even deployed. That doesn't yeah, because know. you're living real life now, and they don't realize the stuff that they might be going through or about to go through. So I think it's really, really smart that you're going to do that. Um, I and hope it's it not to say that the information that they're giving out is wrong. 
no. what they're telling you is exactly true. But when you when it's coming from someone you know maybe didn't deploy, someone who hasn't lived it, and they're going to try to tell you what's going to happen and what to expect, it, you just it doesn't sink in as much well, as also, when you have a conversation with someone and you're like, hey, I'm battling with this, and they're like, hey, you know what, I've been I've been struggling mm-hmm. with that too. So I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. And when you come home, just think, just like you're in college or in high school, I remember the teacher, professor talking, you look over and like, oh, there's one minute left. You start putting things away and they keep talking and it's the class is supposed to be over and they keep talking. You're like, dude, yep. I'm not listening. We're done. Yep. And and I can easily see like, oh, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden now they're struggling. Now what? So I really like your idea. I think it's, that's very wise. Well, it's, it's finding the, it's finding the, like the relation point. Like if you're, if you feel like you have to sit somewhere and listen to somebody, there's a difference between if you feel like you're sitting down and, and like you want to listen to what somebody has to say, cause then you're invested, then your, right. your, your interest is peaked. And then you're like, this dude's been where I've been. Like he has sat in this seat. He knows like you're, you know, like you said, for you, like for you, it's like, he's where I'm supposed to be going to next. So that I, I like that idea. I think that's smart. I mean, it's, it's, somewhat similar to kind of why Tyson and I decided decided to start this podcast because it was like, there's so many men's issues out there that no one talks about. And so we're like, kind of like when you talked about with your podcast, it's, we wanted to give it a place of like, Hey, we have these similar interests between just father, husband, brother, son, you know, bearded guy, non-bearded guy, you know, all this stuff. And just like, this is our experience. If it helps you, it's, it's great versus just, just, something that you you hear that isn't really sticking so i think that's an amazing idea so kind of moving forward um you have an amazing charity and you've placed 22 dogs and uh, you do a couple other things besides that you want to explain to them what else you do yeah so occasionally i know it's not your primary objective right so we have in the past we have uh we've had veterans that uh, were battling with alcoholism with substance abuse with and mental health right so, trying to numb the pain that they're going through right right then that's i mean i was drinking back before i started the podcast i was drinking about a fifth of, of whiskey a night just wow, uh, and then I, i'd wash that down with about six to 12 beers and i'd get up in the morning after sleeping maybe an hour and a half two hours of sleep go to work come home do it all do over it again over and over and over and it's just it's a, not a cycle life. So uh, we've had people uh, in Oregon uh, that was that was struggling with alcoholism, and we got him a bed into some treatment. And during that time, he had just got evicted from his apartment, and he had nowhere to put any of his stuff. So we contacted the local uh, motorcycle club out there, the combat, the CVMA, Combat Veterans Motorcycle Association, reached out to them out out there in uh, Oregon, and they went. They helped him get all of his stuff out of his house. Uh, put it into storage that that we paid for the storage. Um, and while he was in there, he didn't have a lot of bills. He had it, you know, he just got evicted and all he had left was his truck. So we helped him make his truck payment. But, uh, and, and that all comes down to what we have been mm-hmm. donated because we are a hundred percent, we are a 501c3. So we are a legitimate nonprofit. Uh, everything, all of my members, all of my board members are, uh, just donating time. Nobody gets a paycheck. Nobody takes a cut. Nobody takes a percentage. The only thing that ever goes when we have money donated, if we put it on an event and we have to pay a thousand dollars to the venue, obviously it comes out of 
what what the nonprofit is had come in to pay for mm -hmm. some of that stuff. But we try to limit all of it. We try to just have the nonprofit self-sustain to where we're not paying anything out of pocket. We're not not struggling. But uh, we've we've done that a couple of times with with different veterans, different circumstances, but kind of along the same lines. And we hit it so hard the first two years we had. So my board is made up of, of all combat veterans, all and, and one uh, first responder, a firefighter, all battle PTSD, all minds go everywhere. We were all gung ho and going and going. And unfortunately, we had a couple of members burn out. So they've taken a step back. They've taken a knee to kind of get their mental health back in line, what they need mm -hmm. to do. So our, our nonprofit obviously is going to slow down when you go from 12 people to four people, it kind of slows down on what we can do. So we're starting mm -hmm. to ramp back up. We've, we've got some amazing things planned. We're hoping to do a golf tournament in 24, uh, a couple of motorcycle rallies, um, some concerts. Uh, we've teamed up with Warrior Risen Ranch up in Morgan. Veteran himself, is, his children are veterans, and they've got an amazing self uh, self-sufficient ranch up there in Morgan that is just beautiful. And we, we can go up there. We volunteer up there. We help them do fences, help them run cattle, That's whatever cool. they need up there. Uh, and have, we have veterans go up there. We have groups go up there to just kind of get away, turn off the cell phone, be with their families, just unclick out of society. Yeah. I like Morgan too. East Kang's pretty. Yeah. Um, so kind of going on with, you only have four people, you're ramping up again. Um, you have more of it, just force of board members. How can, is it possible that you can get volunteers? And if you can, how do they volunteer? What do you have them usually do? Stuff like that. So on our website, um, that we're still need to revamp, uh, there's a place on there, a tab on there that says volunteer, you fill it out. It gets sent to us, uh, for the volunteers, we don't, I mean, we vet a little bit. We want to make sure you, you want to do it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And it just to help out in events, whether it's making shirts that we're going to be selling at the events, um, sitting at booths at the, the little city days that we have around here, like Hooper days and Clearfield Clinton days. We'll go there. We'll set up a booth. And mainly it, we sell out of all of our apparel that we, we take there, but it's oh, not yeah, that. I'm going to buy some. We have the military and first responders sit down and talk to us. We had the family members sit down and talk to us and say, hey, my son or my brother or my sister, or whoever is struggling and he's going through the same things. And what can you suggest? And so I send everybody to our Facebook page, the IGY622 Facebook page. There's a private group in there and it's only military and first responders only. So you can go in there and you can talk about your struggles, talk about some of your problems. And, and there's people in there that are going to reply and, you know, let you know that you're not alone. Dang. That's amazing. That's amazing. I really like that. Um, yeah, you definitely for our, or again, um, for those who aren't, who don't know this, uh, Copper John's is actually going to be um, donating a portion of all of its uh, sales to I Got Your 622 uh, in the month of uh, November. And then December 2nd, we're having a beer competition at the barbershop and everything. We're going to have silent auctions from different companies. We're going to have the barber or barbers are there. Obviously, they're judges. But uh, the beard competitions and, and it's donation only, 
Um, and uh, we're going to we have lots of people already messing us for food. Like there's a guy who's a, a professional, Brent Hansen. He's a professional like barbecuer, and he's really. Like, He's going to donate all that. He's like, I'm. It's, no that's way. My, yeah, he's like, that's my thing. Um, you know, I'm. Uh, that's my donation to the charity and all that, the, the cause and everything. We just need to know how many people are coming. Um, there's a lot of people who want to help, and so have you ever thought about maybe going to Weber State, Utah State, BYU, Utah, and maybe talk to the ROTC, maybe some of the sociology people, and just asking maybe for interns, maybe to help you with that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I drive truck over the road. Um, yeah. One thing I found when I was battling, really battling my PTSD and, and my depression was uh, going for a drive. Just I'd get in the car, turn on the radio, and I'd just drive. Mm-hmm. And uh, doing that now, I start. I drive. I drive truck now. I sold my company. I left my job. Nice GS11 job on base. Never drove a semi before. Got my CDL on a Friday, and I went to South Carolina and picked up a truck semi on Monday. Wow! Learned how to. I, I got. I mean, and now I drive. I drove the last year. I've been driving for eighteen months now, and I've wow. got my warranty on my truck is up at two hundred and fifty thousand miles from when I bought it. I'm I'm thirty thousand miles away from that that warranty being up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, a lot of people don't realize that's funny is I, I similar story, very different at the same time. So I, I have found out six years ago, I was diagnosed with pretty severe bipolar. I was working in the insurance industry for years, um, left that moved here to Utah, started driving truck. I was doing dirt trucking side dumps, did that for a long time. So there's that. I, I noticed your Freightliner shirt when we talked last week. Um, <laughs> I drove Freightliners. I drove Freightliners for, for a couple of years. And then I got into driving um, triples, pulling triples for UPS for a little while, um, which those road trains, we call them wiggle wagons. They just sit there. You've mm-hmm. seen them. And so there's, there's kind of that connection there. I could tell you drove truck. And then um, same thing, dude. Like I, I just, Tyson's over here like, wow, 200, like, dude, you can hit, you can hit hundreds of thousands of miles in such a short period of time. Yeah. And so I do, I have a similar thing where I don't, I don't drive truck very much anymore, but I help my brother and I run an excavation company and I manage the trucking side. And just yesterday I had to cover for one of my drivers and it's just, you know, 18 speed Peterbilt. I was doing some heavy haul, one of our big machines. And I'm like, man, I'm, I miss I miss being up high. I miss just, you know, you know, slamming gears. And, but then at the same time, I also like driving my pickup truck around in the air conditioning (laughs) and telling, telling our guys what to do. So, (laughs) but no, I, I totally jive with that. Like just, I mean, podcasts, books on tapes, just, you know, the music that just, you know, for me, I mean, I'm sure it might be similar for you. But I listen a lot of the, you know, the heavy metal stuff calms me down when I'm driving. It just gets all the right feelings in the right place. So I, I totally by heavy metal. He means like Celine Dion, Taylor 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 Swift, Swift. (laughs) Nickelback, Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's the ones where like I'm driving and my and my playlist comes through and it's like while we're driving with the kids and my wife and she's like, how do you even know what they're saying? I'm like, I don't know. You just feel it. (laughs) <laughs> See, and I, I don't listen to music and unless I'm on my motorcycle. I really don't listen to music much anymore. Sure. Uh, I just, it gets in my head and I start thinking about, I overanalyze the songs. Oh, so don't, yeah. Like, okay. Why is this, why does this resonate with me? Okay. 
this has nothing to do with me, but I, I'm now I'm putting myself in the pit. So I listen to podcasts, self-help books. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I like that. I do too. But if I'm on my motorcycle, oh yeah, I'm, I've got whatever. Yeah. I've got I've got '90s rap. I've got '90s country. I've got oh yeah, dude. '90s was the best. Rock. It was the best. Logan doesn't know. Logan. Wait, doesn't I mean, know. I was I was raised in the '90s. I have my I've you know I'm you the middle of know. I'm the I'm the middle of seven kids. Like my sister is your age, so it's like I still had all of that influence. I was I'm the tail end of the millennials. Okay, I'm the I'm the I'm the good I'm I'm still on the good side of the generation. <laughs> But. So what are some of the biggest challenges you're you're facing running a charity? Uh, a lot of your organizations out there that are out there doing great things and trying to help your veterans. The biggest problem that they're having is finding the veterans. Mm. The military and first responders, there's a big stigma out there that it's weak if you speak. So I, I, I struggled for a long time and trying to, you know, I didn't tell my chain of command that I was struggling because if I tell them, hey, I'm struggling with some mental health stuff. Well, now I'm not mission capable. Now I'm compromised. So yeah. you see that with police officers. You see that with firefighters. You see that with EMS. You, they can't say nothing because if they say something, are they going to lose their job? Are you know now now that's another stress. Are their their brothers going to look at them like, oh, I can't count on this person to do what they're supposed to do? And it's not the case because most of those people are struggling too. But they're also saying, well, I can't say something because it'll make me weak. It'll make me a wimp. It'll whatever the stigma is that they've built in their own mind because of what society. And I think it's gotten better. You see it on TV. They talk about there's a lot of mental health talk now, which mm -hmm, is yeah. making it more socially acceptable to to not be OK. So that's really helped. But uh, just finding the, the veterans. So that was that's one thing that we, we do also is. You know, we there's hunting outfits that are looking for veterans to go on a guided hunt. Well, they can't find people because people are ashamed that they're struggling. So it's that's been the biggest struggle is finding the veterans to speak up and admit that they are battling some inner demons. So yeah. is that... I don't want to sound, um, cause I, I don't know. This is a, a genuine question. I don't want, is, is that more of a cultural thing within the military or is that more cultural outside the military? Cause in my mind, um, I, I, as I've watched the military and I listen to the military, um, it's kind of like hush hush, but outside it's starting to get more relevant. So, Hey, take care of yourself. And so, if I feel like there's a lot of uh, suicides in the military and stuff like that. And um, how can we and how can maybe the government and the military make this aware? And instead of uh, being a shameful, a shameful thing, it's like, hey, dude, you, you saw some stuff and, and you heard some stuff. Hmm. Let's figure this out. Like, how can we get the military and the civilian side on the same scope so that, Hey, this is normal to feel this way after what you've gone through. So the military has actually done in the last couple of years, they've actually taken a lot of steps to bring suicide awareness. Um, last year alone in Utah, our national guard had the deadliest 
year and i i don't recall the total number of active active military but i i want to say it was 10 to 12. Hmm. um and we're talking officer involved shootings we're talking just uh domestic violence we're talking it's just it get it gets out of hand and people just don't i mean I, i've been blown out of humvees from ied blast and i tell my leader i'm like hey something's not right like i i can't see straight you get hit upside the head with a magazine that says get back to work suck it up buttercup mm. we're going on another mission that's kind of the mindset now this mm. is 2004 2005 things have obviously changed since then so i can't really speak on where we are are now in the military for active but talking to people that are active duty still that they, they, they say it is it is getting better but it's still people that haven't been in combat trying to teach people that have been in combat so you, the connection just isn't being made fully at the levels that i think that it could be reached Dude, that's nuts so that's just it's sad because you you don't you don't realize because this stuff is not said out loud no um, it's not made public and so you don't know what's going on until you know we talked to brian from i got your six and and he has these stories and you're just like how are we allowing this to happen <laughs> you know what i mean like how are we not not allowing help for for our fallen and and for the families and and for those who have been affected my um my neighbor well, i'll tell you one thing when i when i first got my ptsd diagnosis uh-huh um i went to the va told them i was struggling and and they had me on so many different medications i didn't know if i was going up if i was going down i'm on four different medications one to take me up one to take me down mm. some to level me off and i felt like a zombie like i absolutely I, I i quit taking them because i didn't like the way i felt i i, I have young kids at the time I can't be popping Ambien and all these other things at night going and when my wife is at work and I've got I'm responsible for the kids at night and then I'm zonked out ordering stuff on Amazon that I have don't have the money to pay for. Mm -hmm. I just I stopped taking all my medication and just said, All right, well, hour and a half to two hours of sleep a night is my life. And I did that for so many years because I wouldn't take their medication. But you were uh, you were self-diagnosing, you were self-medicating through alcohol. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, and, mm -hmm. and that's not a, a way to live either. Nope. But doing that, I could go to work every day. Yeah. I could function. So yeah. when I was on the medication, I was getting written up at work. I was messing up. I was irritable. I was snapping at my boss. I, it was not a good thing. I was snapping at my children. Like it was, I didn't like who I was. No, I know that. I, I like myself as an alcoholic better than I did on medication. My neighbor was a Navy SEAL, and he was in the first war, uh, Gulf War, and uh, he is the only one that came back. And uh, we didn't know any of this. Um, and his wife came over to us because he is the nicest, most kind person you've ever met. And she came over to me and, and, and to our family and just said, hey, just me and Candace, my wife. And he goes, she goes, hey, sometimes he's here, sometimes he's not. Don't ever let your kids alone with him. It's like he's not going to do anything. It's just, but when he's not here, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he'll he'll also be talking to you, and then he's gone. He's yep. back there. And yep. uh, I had a neighbor across the street. He's since moved, 
And he was very upset because he felt like he was staring at his wife um, because you had the steps up here and then, you know, it's kind of down and then you had the fence, but he's up here. So it's looking like he's looking at his wife in the backyard. And I'm like, nope, nope, nope. He's not looking at her. He's, he's just not there. And uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, the pain that he went through and he wouldn't talk about it. The only thing he ever said to his wife and his wife told us is just the blood. There was so much blood. And uh, I wish he would know he got a, he got a, a dog and it wasn't trained well and they had to give him away. Uh, and I felt so bad. And, and uh, knowing that this is here now, it would be so beneficial for someone like him because he couldn't yeah. like, you know, he couldn't go to church. He yep. would not go to church, but his whole family, because he couldn't deal with the, the people in the enclosed area yep. and stuff like that. And it's just like, Holy cow, man. And I want to give a huge shout out to uh, your barber, uh, Destiny. Mm -hmm. uh, she could tell I was a little bit nervous today. And she's like, okay, hey, what way do you need to sit? My my ex-husband was military. I know that you have a thing with your back has to be a certain way. Let's put, you know, do you need your back this way so you can see the door? You can see everything. Huge shout out to her. She made a very initially uncomfortable experience very very comfortable so huge shout yeah, out to, to that's really to your cool. people there yeah that's cool yeah she's the destinies who who takes care of my hair and beard as well so I, we 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 love destiny that's really cool i didn't i didn't realize when you get your hair cut there that she was taking care of you like that that's cool yeah it was it yeah. was awesome that's the that's the little stuff that that lets guys like you and lets you know men and women who've been through what you've been through that's it's almost kind of like the I got your six mentality of kind of mm -hmm. like I I I see and validate what you've been through and there's nothing weak like or or soft in saying stuff like this because I know I know in today's day and age words like oh I validate your feeling gets this like mm -hmm. snowflake connotation to it but there is very real real world world applications to those type of that type of language where I see and validate what you've been through. Like, what can I do to make this more comfortable for you so that you can be present and not yeah, be right. like what Tyson said with his neighbor. Like you can be like, you know, get yourself lost in your memories. And one thing is I, I, I'm not going to share all the details cause it's not really mine to share, but both of my grand, both my grandfathers served my, my mother's father, he died when I was just a baby. And then my dad's dad, he only passed a, about a year or two ago, but we never heard anything from grandpa. He died when he was, he was 96. And when I was probably 17 or 18, I was like, Hey grandpa, you never talk about your service. And he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to tell you one, I'm going to tell you the best one. He told me this story. I was floored. I was floored. Cause you would have never thought that this, this old, this old man that I've been around my entire life up until this point saw and did what he saw and did. And I'm, and now as an adult, I'm like, I've never been in through been through anything remotely like that and probably and and I know I never will. And I'm like, how are you functioning? Like it's a crazy so story then, to tell, but it's just it's you, you it take goes that, you take that and then you bring it to you to to our home, to our soil. And that's what our EMS is dealing with every day. Yeah. Our 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 police officers. I mean, they're if you're dealing with a police officer, generally it's on your worst day if you're dealing with paramedics it's on your worst day if you're dealing with firefighters it's on your worst day so and they have to come right home and try to shed all of that and to be like okay let's do homework with the kids let's make oh. dinner let's do this let's do this and then when do they get to decompress so we come off mission and we can sit in our hooches and just bs and tell whatever stories and kind of 
decompress that way, but who do they decompress to? They don't decompress to their spouses. I mean, everybody, hey, so I just came up on a scene and seen X, Y, and Z with a three-year-old child or a seven-year-old oh. child, or who do you talk to? You can't talk to your, your people you're sitting next to on, in the truck because now you're worried. Is this going to get back to my supervisor? Am I going to have to go on paid leave? I'm not going to be able to do my job anymore, but this is the only time I feel like I'm doing what I was meant to do. So, I mean, we're, we've gotten a couple of dogs to, uh, we're trying to get some dogs to, uh, uh, some firehouses. So, and, and so that way there can be a dog at the fire station with the EMS. So if they pull up to a scene and, you know, they can have that animal there to calm down the victims or the, whatever's happening around that the scene so we're, we're doing that it's just it's just it's not enough no and every day i wake up that i'm not doing enough i know i gotta do more i gotta do more but at the end of the day i have to take a step back and go we can only do what we can do mm-hmm. and we can't do what we do without our great support we've had from our community every event we've had every Every booth we've been to, every everything we've done, we've just had amazing support from the community, and that and that's what's that's what's helped all of this. Can I ask that a weird it. question, and not yeah. and and not be offended or anything? Um, have just because I'm a huge proponent of therapy, like I'm hands down, it's helped me, it's helped my daughter, um, it's helping my son. Um, have you ever reached out to therapists and say, Hey, will you take one client for free? Will you take one client for free? Will you take one client and just multiple? And and maybe that's something that we can do for you as a, as volunteers. Like, have you ever thought about doing something? It looks like you have. So I have done therapy and unfortunately this is a grim reality for those, uh, military people that are trying to, and, and trying to get the courage to seek mental help to the VA. Mm-hmm. My experience was I have a VA counselor. I unload everything on them. And, and when your counselor starts crying, now you're going, Oh, well, you're supposed to be here to help me. Mm. Okay. Session's done. I unloaded everything. I, I dug down into all of the stuff that's been eating me. Now all of this is fresh to the surface. I go to my next appointment. I have a new counselor. Start over. <sighs> Yeah. Go to my next session. I have a new counselor. Start over. I never had the same counselor twice in the four that years I tried nuts. to do, do therapy. So, what do you do? Quit. It's not worth. Yeah, it. because it's it's not worth it saying the same thing over and over and over for them to get to and know it's you. It's not. It's yeah. So then I found a therapist uh, two years ago that got me doing EMDR therapy, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what that is. That is a blessing and a curse at the same time. Because so? now not only so when you when you start going through it, the best way I can explain it is if they're having you go down memory lane, right? Mm-hmm. And usually you're moving your eyes back and forth looking at pictures. That was too much for me. So I had paddles in my hand that would vibrate left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. So I'm I'm constantly like my eyes are closed. I'm looking left and right. When it vibrates left, I'm looking left, vibrates right. So you're kind of, it takes your, your brain and you're traveling down the interstate and then you pull off and exit. And now this is an event that's plays in your mind over and over again. And you're watching it like you're in the balcony of a movie theater 
and you're seeing the event so you can see that every how everything unfolded and it really helped me to go okay in this situation there literally was nothing i could have done different to change this outcome because i've seen the whole thing unfold versus in my head if i'd have done this if i'd have done this if only i'd have done this i didn't do this right if i'd have done this 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 person would still be here today so that gives it gave me a, a good perspective and it just kind of helped clear a lot of confusion up in my brain so i'm a big proponent of emdr therapy mm-hmm. um but life happened started driving truck yeah can't really do can't really do counseling see and yeah, i do I mean, it I over teleconference now yeah and I, i've tried it i guess it's not the same sidetracked i get too yeah. sidetracked and then i'm like eh it's almost like if there were veterans that that got in like that became therapists is like it would be such a huge answer to some of these problems like guys who have been there but then also have the training and the counseling skill to like help like kind of going back to what you're we talking about like you know the come home conferences and and the come home like you know debriefing so to speak like yeah. somebody who's been there like hey let me help you work through this but I also have the skills and the tools to help you and so but, in doing the podcast, I found that there was a vet center in Ogden. Yeah. Uh, I never knew there was a vet center in Ogden. That was a over by Planet Fitness, right? Uh, I think that's the VA. It's in North Ogden. There's a, a vet, a combat vet center. Oh, and they, they are combat veterans and they are, they are counselors. Oh, there so you go. It definitely helps. So, but you, nobody tells you that in your units. They don't tell That's you to a, go look mm-hmm. here. They don't tell you to go look here because the funding is different for the vet center as it is for the VA. So those people are fighting for the funding from the state and the government. So one's not going to advertise the other. Yeah. So it's just you you have to know where to look. And so that's where the, the nonprofit has been great because we've had we've had people who their their loved ones have taken their life and they don't know what to do they don't know where their benefits are they don't know what where to look and the units aren't really helping too much because if the family doesn't know about it government's probably not going to pay on it so they've reached out to us and we have people who are very very well versed in what to do and they're, they're like hey you need to do x y and z and we have people that are like hey i need to i want to file a claim for my VA. Okay. Well, we can't do that for you because legally we can't do that, Mm -hmm. but you need to do X, Y, and Z to get this started. And once you get to, once you get steps one through three done, give us a call and we'll help you to guide your way through four, five, and six, and then seven, eight, nine, and then you're going to get rejected. So this is what we're going to tell you to kind of work your way through, but we can't give advice, but we kind of help walks him through the process because it's it's yeah. a hard process it's a very frustrating process but just that, like i mean that's with the government right <laughs> right so just bureaucracy runs deep yeah yeah but i so, i kind of wanted to go go back really quick um so you were talking about bringing that home with you you were talking about first responders you're talking about emts firefighters um, it, it, you, you drive over the road you drive truck i saw yeah, I, I saw a pretty nasty accident that I still see every now and then. Pretty gruesome. Um, two, two, three o'clock in the morning, saw it happen right there. Um, involved mm-hmm. involved a couple motorcycles. Um, it put into perspective when you said that because my line of work, I get frustrated. We work in excavation. I get angry. Stuff happens, 
And there's that tale, tale as old as time, like, oh, dad bringing his frustration home from work. And in that moment when you're talking about that, I'm like, man, I got nothing to complain about. Like my, my frustrations are a drop in a bucket. My, my bring my, you know, my pain home from work is a drop in the bucket. I never, I never had that perspective given to me of like EMS, you know, first responders, firefighters, police, you know, even vets, like what you guys don't bring home or what you do bring home. It just, it, it blew my mind when you were saying that. And so to people who are listening to this podcast that, you know, all these guys were there, we have stuff that we bring home that sucks. Like, you know, the emotions the frustrations, whether it's on your level, Brian, or on a much smaller level, like, like maybe mine and Tyson's. But one thing I would tell you, don't, don't minimize yours. Sure. Because it's still, but your frustration is your frustration. My frustration is my frustration. My struggles are mine and yours are yours. It doesn't make yours less than mine because it's not combat related. Yeah, and that's one of the things that that the military and first responder community we struggle with because somebody needs it more than I do. Somebody's worse than I am. No, I I needed it. I didn't know I needed it. They need it as much as their life matters to their loved ones as much as they're saying the next person that they know needs it more than they do because it'll help them and their family. It'll help you and your family just the same. You need it too. Yeah. So don't ever minimize it and say, well, you've done this or or, I haven't done it on this. So, Hey, your trauma is your trauma. Your struggles are your struggles. And they're every bit as real as and important as, as mine are. That speaks to your character. And I think that, that that's why I think Tyson and I clicked with you so well, so quickly is because guys like you and you know men and women like you is you're you're not that's why you guys i think struggle with what you do is because you you look to yourself last like you're constantly i mean you you know all the term thank you for your service you guys are literally military and first responders you guys are serving the country you're serving the community and so just that statement alone just is you know it's just it's another it's another you know stack on your side of the scale just showing just the inherent goodness that that you know is coming from you guys. So I, I really appreciate that. That, that meant a lot for you to say that. So thank you. But it's at the same time, you know, I, 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 I wish there was more that I could do. Cause I'm a, you know, I'm a guy that I like to try to talk things out and I'm like, you know, like guys, we like to fix stuff. <laughs> right. But you're doing but, it. You're doing it with this show. Yeah. You're well, that's what we hope to do. You're, you're, you're normalizing something that's been taboo for so long. So yeah. you're, you're, you're bringing it to the forefront. And I don't know if you guys have a hundred followers or you have a hundred thousand or a million followers, but all you have to do is affect one person's life. And and what you guys are doing is it's all worth it. And, and the way you guys are growing, the way you're growing, you're helping more than, you know, so keep doing what you do. Like I'm just trying to start catching up because I had, I had heard of Copper Johns, and I'll tell you when. It was uh, about a month ago I walked into Golden Spike Harley, and I seen some product in there, and I was like, I need some beard balm. I need, And I smelled the cologne, and I was like, hmm, Salt City. I, I like that <laughs> smell. So I, I bought, the, I bought the, the balm. I bought the cologne. I bought the oil. And then, lo and behold, just the other day, you guys, they're like, oh, Copper John. I've, 
didn't even click on my mind. I looked, uh, I was telling my wife about it, you know, our conversation and then doing the recording the other day and looked on the counter and there it is. Copper John. That's on cool. my that's counter. And I funny. went, this is freaking awesome. This, yeah, you know what? Cool. It just came full circle. Yeah. Everything. That's, for a reason. I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, there's so many, I, I, I mean, we call it coincidence, call it, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it. I, I there's so many things like that happen. Um, I think that's just super cool because I mean, I, I, Tyson, I remember when you were launching the Harley campaign last year. Yes, so do I. So that's so cool that you're like, I walked into a Harley and they're like, hey, that was one of the Harley scents. Like, that's just, that's so cool. And then I remember Tyson was, you know, when you, when you called me last week, you're like, hey, what do you think about Brian? We're thinking, you know, here's his charity. I'm like, dude, let's do it. And then you're like, oh, I actually already knew about you guys. So like, it's just, that, <laughs> it gives I didn't me know the, it was a local company. I didn't know anything. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know about you guys. I didn't know what you guys. And then after we have a mutual friend, uh, Tyson and I, and then I started looking because I, I got off of social media. It's been 16, 17 months now. I, I will scroll through TikTok and get my daily laughs and that's it. I don't get on Facebook. So I don't true. get on Instagram. <laughs> uh, my daughter, hand her, uh, she's on the board. My daughter's on the board and she handles all of our social media. Um, so she's about to be very, very busy in 2024. Sure. <laughs> cool. But at, I, I started looking in. I told my wife, I said, hey, pull up, pull up this on Facebook. Let me, let me go through. And I started looking. I was like, this, this is awesome. I, yeah. I can't believe I bought this at, at Harley and here we are. Yeah. Yeah. Is. And then speaking of uh, social media, you you were watching us in the barbershop to make fools of our, <laughs> making fools of ourselves, making some TikToks. You, when you said your wife, you, you told your wife to pull up Facebook. I was like, hopefully you didn't go too deep because you'd see some really dumb stuff <laughs> that we've done. <laughs> That's all right. It's, yeah. There's a time and a place for everything, and yeah. there's a time to be serious and time to let back. And so we yeah. try to do everything just to, to you know have fun, but also be serious at the same time. Uh, yeah. And that's free advertising and it's the yeah. best advertising because yeah, find me five people in a room that aren't on their phones all day scrolling mm-hmm. through something. Mm-hmm. And if you can advertise on there for free, you got to have something witty that catches yeah. your attention. And some of the things I've seen from you guys, it, it definitely catches your attention <laughs> and, and garners views. So you're, yeah, doing I mean, right. I... you're, you're killing it. Keep doing it. I use it on on my own personal TikTok, not just on the Copper John stuff and my TikTok and Instagram. I use it to try to normalize and talk more about, you know, my bipolar or like being a bigger dude or like things like that. Just normalizing like stuff that people normally hush hush or they're afraid about or they're yeah. self-conscious about. And so like, yeah, because I mean, there's so much negativity out there, man. And I mean, and you don't realize this just this just drives it home that much more. Like you don't know what someone's going through. Oh. And so, I, I mean, I I always say all the time when everyone says like, oh, I got I got off social media. I'm like, good for you. I legitimately mean that. But it's like I'm in so deep. I don't know if I could. <laughs> but but so that's why Tyson and I we really try to take our social footprint and be like, hey, we want to be an impact for either laughs or you know like compassion or just like, hey, let's some you know positive information because there's yep. too much crap. There's too much crap yep. out there. I agree. So I teach a, a youth church group and uh, we were talking about trials and, and tribulations and, and things like that. And uh, just to kind of go full circle, what you were talking about, like, Hey, your, your trials or your trials don't like make light of them. And I told the kids there, they range from 12 and 13 and 14 years old. I'm like, guys, you, your problems are, are real. 
your problems are serious. Your problems should not be taken for, you know, like you need to take those serious and we're here to help you. Sure, I've gone through some of the things, but there's some things I will never go through that you are going to go through due to social media, due to all the things that are surrounding you. Um, like pornography is so prevalent now and bullying is so prevalent now compared to, you know, we could go home and we're, we're safe. Not anymore. And, and yep. so there's a lot of things. And I just looked at them like you were loved and your problems are serious. And so don't ever let anyone tell you they're not. And so that, and so I just, I, it's very important to me that people understand that. And especially our kids, like my kids, I'm like, no, the, what you're going through is serious. Like you're feeling this, this isn't a pretend feeling. So let's make sure. Um, I like, really liked what you said. And so it really hit home for me and, and we're hitting up that the little hour mark. Um, so we don't want to take advantage of your time. However, I do want to ask one more question if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So we've talked about some serious things and I really, really liked it. And some, some things that you are doing as a charity and you as an individual. So for anyone who's listening right now and will be listening in the future, what would you like to convey about the listeners of the importance of supporting veterans and not necessarily just your charity, but charity and all and, and the work that this charity does, like what, what would you like to convey that we might not have asked? I think you, what you guys are promoting is, is a hundred percent the right thing. Um, kind of just be there. It's kind of hard to say, hey, reach out to your veteran neighbor and say, hey, I'm here to talk if you need to talk. You kind of got to wait until that opportunity presents itself, whether it's after a couple of whiskeys, after, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's you, you just have to find the right time because otherwise they're going to be like, hey, why is this person trying to intrude? What are they? What What is their objective? Are they trying to get something from me? They're trying. That's just how our minds work. We automatically go to the worst case scenario and it's not it's nothing bad to to anybody else it's just you just have to be mindful for that but the best thing you can do is if you, if you know a military first responder just say hey i just heard of a nonprofit on facebook you can find them on facebook on instagram and go there it, they talk about whatever personal stuff and and it's only military and first responders only like spouses can't get in there we mm -hmm. have a spouses page i don't it, it grew traction for a minute but the spouses, they struggle too. And they that's, do. that's one thing that, that I want to, we were trying to include is different events for families because the, the, the spouses, they don't, they're learning how to deal with their, their new veteran once they come home because they're not the same. And now they think that they're doing something wrong because their veteran is checked out. And so they can kind of, the wives and the husbands can talk and say, Hey, this is what we found. This is what we found that helps. And this is, so we're, we're just trying to build a community. So refer them to the Facebook group the, and you just go in to the private groups and it'll say military first responder. They'll ask a couple of questions just so we can, and we can only vet what we can vet, right? So if someone yeah. says, hey, I'm military um, and they're not, we're not looking for a DD-214 or documentation. We're gonna, we go off of the honor system. So. As far as we know, everybody that's in the in that group are who they say they are. Um, but it just gives another place for for people to to say, "Hey, I'm I'm struggling with here a big one with with veterans and PTSD is ED. I, I won't get into. I know yeah. it's a PG thirteen show, but that you can talk about it in this group, and someone says, "Hey, I've been battling that too, but I did X, Y, and Z." And that brought up my testosterone. I got my testosterone checked and I was, my levels were 12. What? 
12? Wow. 12. So now, now you start putting things into perspective of, okay, this makes sense why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So, you know, you start. So everyone understands what 12 means because we have female listeners and they might not understand. Or men also, it's like, you should be between like six to 800 at your yeah. age right now. And 12 is like, it's like you're, you're, it's you're, non-existent. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's not there. Yeah. So you're depressed, you're tired, you have no drive for anything, and yeah. you start to gain weight. Like that is crazy low. And and a lot of veterans we're finding are very, very low testosterone. So I wonder why. We're like, it's just your body, your stress, you've kind of uh-huh. just shutting everything down as wow. a defense mechanism. So we, we're finding different counselors, different different doctors that treat testosterone in different ways and so it's a great community to be a part of just because you're going to get some even if you get in there and you don't say a word you're going to see people communicate you're going to be like oh let me message this person because he said something but i don't really want it to be out in the open because for me my problems weren't real they were just all in my head until the malinois foundation made me write a biography about myself Oh, so once I put everything on paper, it's there. It's real. Mm. It's real once it's on paper. And that's when it sunk into me that I needed to start making changes. So when we have veterans and first responders looking for a dog, our way to vet them is they have to write a biography, not their spouse, not their mom or dad or friend. They have to write it in a first person to tell us about you because until you put it down on paper, you're not ready to make a change. And we can't, we can't help you if you're not ready to help yourself. We can't do it for you. We will match a hundred percent of your effort. If you start off running and then stop, we're going to keep reaching out to you. We're going to keep loving on you, but we're not going to do it for you. Because once you're ready, you'll do it. And we'll be right there with you. Interesting. I like that. It's amazing what conversations can do, man. You just start talking. You just start talking to people talking with people like you said the whole it's still stuck with me after you said it the other day it's like it's not weak to speak yep man like so many that's kind of our motto is it's not weak to speak the thing that i noticed you know working with someone literally right literally right next to me about five feet away uh who has severe ptsd he um was very shut off when we met and uh, I knew what was going on because it was told to me and all this kind of stuff. But not very, very just, hey, you know, this don't take this personal, all this kind of stuff. Um, but it was nothing intrusive or anything like that. But now I've been working with for almost two years now. He has opened up and we've become real friends. It wasn't forced upon us. It wasn't. It's like we literally like I just went, unfortunately, yeah. to his daughter's funeral. And mm-hmm. um, it was really hard. But he invited me like we're genuine friends now. And now he's opening up and telling me a lot of the things that he had to go through and they're not mine to tell. And right. Some of these are, and that's the biggest thing I would tell anybody. If someone's confided, there's, there's 90% of the things I've done. My wife doesn't know. My kids don't know. And it's more of me thinking I'm protecting them. And it's not that I need to protect them. It's just, I get, I'm probably scared of, what their thought process will be. Will they look at me different? Will they mm-hmm. treat me different? And you know, it's not, it's not their trauma to hold. Yeah. It's my yeah. trauma. I need to own my trauma, my trauma. I, I can't pass my trauma onto other people, especially my loved ones, because it's not their burden to bear. It's my burden. And I can, I can share my burden with, with my brothers, with my sisters, 
that have been through it and they can help guide me through the different ways that, that they've helped cope that have helped cope. And, and I can express, say, I've done this and it didn't help. Mm -hmm. I've done this and this and this, and it seems to work for me. Will it work for you? I don't know. But if it doesn't, let me call guy A through A through Z and let's find one that, that clicks with you. Yeah. Cause we've all found different things that, that work for us. So I can see what you're saying about how guys, Jay, they don't need it. They've shut off. Like he's all a man's man and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I can see what you're talking about because it's really, how do you get to someone who just wants to take it themselves? And you can see they're frustrated. You can see that they're struggling, but they don't want to open up. And when he did open up, huge weight off of his shoulder. I yeah, and he's see. a different you person. Just him, you yeah. can just see the the attentiveness, and then as soon as just a little bit comes out, you just see him. Yeah, like and I then, I can breathe just that much more because I got a little bit off my chest. And then when he he came out, it was everything. And then now we talk about cool things, like not just, uh, meaning right. And he 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 showed me some things on, uh, like in North Korea and South Korea, like that blue the blue buildings that they meet. And he showed me about all the tunnels underneath. I'm like, what the crap? That's a thing. Yep. <laughs> like I've learned so much from him, and um, I it, like he's really one of like an amazing friend, and and I'm grateful for him, and and that he trusts me enough to be able to relate. But it was just uh, I'm like, dude, no wonder, like no yeah. wonder. Yeah, if someone opens yeah. up to you, the biggest advice I could give anybody is keep that to yourself. Don't share mm -hmm. it with your spouse. Don't share. Keep it with yourself. Don't let them. So, I mean, me and my wife, we have a thing. If we're out in public and she can tell I'm starting to get a little agitated, rather than me say, hey, I'm struggling, or her saying, hey, are you okay? We've come up with, she's like, hey, I need to go outside and get some fresh air. Come with me. Yeah. Okay. So, if I say it to me, I'm like, everybody's watching me everybody can see i'm struggling if, if my wife says hey we need to go outside i need some fresh air they're like oh that he's doing what his wife said that's that's what his mm -hmm. job is and we get outside and i can i can just breathe for a minute i can recompose myself and then we can go back in or we decide we're going to go home yeah so that that's one technique if there's someone out there struggling kind of make sure your spouse is on board with it but it kind of takes the onus off of you and and people understand it i mean i don't know if you guys are both yeah. married but if your wife says hey can you yeah. go outside for a minute you're you going go. outside for a minute it's true <laughs> yes <laughs> well that's so dude i'm so glad you have that i mean i'm glad you said that because that i mean we talk about marriage issues and and, and relationships and stuff here every now and then too and um i'm so I'm, I'm i'm like legitimately happy that you have that support in your wife that she can see that in you and she like takes that from you it's just i mean it's a sign of just, you know, true care and compassion in your, yeah. on your wife's part. So, I mean, that kind of go back to what you're saying of like, if someone shares something with you like that, that can be, you know, that could be universally applied. Like if, you know, like yeah. the same thing, like there's, there's certain things me and my wife talk about. It does not leave us at all. all. There's certain things that Tyson and I have talked about that I haven't shared with other people. And, and, you know, same thing with him. And, and so I think that when you get that, when you, when you can find that trust factor in someone, whether it's a friend, uh, you know, a family member, a spouse, you know, a, you know, uh, someone that you served with or someone that served similarly, I think you, you really got to foster that relationship and hold it, you know, close to your heart and, 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 and make an effort to not abuse it because, you know, you don't, yeah, you don't I'm not going to give someone a chance to do it to me twice. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like you burn burn me once, shame on you, but you won't burn me twice. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Like Logan, have, do you know what I'm talking about when I said my coworker? I've never talked to you once about it, right? And no one knows no, what I'm, I'm talking not, about. No one knows no. what I'm talking about, all that kind of stuff. And it's okay because yeah. I have lots of coworkers that, you know, right. but, but it's just, uh, no one needs yeah. to know anything. And, and, yep. but it's just, it's amazing what, uh, these veterans and these first, first responders, what they can go through. And, uh, I'm grateful that you're doing this, man. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys' support. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so blessed that you guys reach out to me and I, I, I I'm looking forward to, doing multiple events and things with yes. you guys in the future oh this started as last week's episode tyson and i were talking about no shave november we obviously that's kind of a thing for us right beards and everything and mm-hmm. mid podcast while we're recording it we said dude we need to find we need to find a legitimate organization that we want to push because behind no shave november and you know the the awareness for cancer and, and men's mental health and things like that is you, you donate your, you know, your funds you spend on grooming and shaving towards that. So we're like, Hey, we need to find something to promote. And that's when Tyson called me after finding you. So the fact that we have you on literally the very next episode, I don't feel like is a coincidence at all. And the fact that we're like, no, this is going to go past November. Like this is a, this is yeah. a pairing that I think is something that we need to continue to work for. So with, with that, in kind of correlation with our last week's episode, if you guys who are listening, if you're looking for whether it's no shave November or just in general, or we've hit a soft spot in this episode, please go to, I got your 622.org right there on the front of the page, right? The first thing you'll see is the donate now button. Click it, go down there and you will see another where you can go PayPal. You know, there's a million different ways that you can, you can donate. Anything helps. So I know I'm going to, I know Tyson's going to, we got a couple of different ways that we're going to work through this, but please, if you're looking for anywhere that your dollar, you know, your dollar is going to go to good use, please go to, I got your 622.org. Yeah. And, and I just want to remind everybody, we, we do not keep anything for ourselves. We, if we say uh, we, we just had an event that raised ungodful amount of money that I'd never in a million years would have thought that, oh, 60 motorcycles for this ride would have ever gained. Uh, but I mean, it provided four service dogs. Yeah. That's amazing. So everything that comes in is going right out to what we say it's going to. We, we don't hold on to money. What money we have left at the end of every year, we donate that to other nonprofits that, you know, the dog training elite, the four paws for Patriots, so we that way we're not just taking from them we're giving back to them as well so if if they're going to scratch our back we're going to scratch their back so we 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 try to end every year at a zero balance and start mm-hmm. fresh in the new year and everything we earn that year is going to our military and first responders not not a penny goes other way otherwise unless it's you know obviously for operating expenses that we have to do to run the nonprofit but yeah so those who are listening, please like and share this with uh, everyone uh, to get the word out about I got your 622.org and uh, let's get the word out. And then uh, again, December 2nd, uh, a live uh, beard competition where we're going to have raffles, silent auctions and a fun beard contest. Uh, it's all for charity. It's all for Brian, uh, his his charity. And it's as you can tell, it's a serious charity. It's a very enlightened charity and it's going to help people. So I appreciate you joining us. 
I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. Yeah, I loved this. This was great, Brian. Thank you. Even yeah, if you change one person's life, man, it's 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 yep. a major impact. But yeah, everyone, thank you for listening, and uh, you know, go check out this podcast. Uh, comes out Wednesday, right? Yeah, we're doing this Wednesday. one. We're gonna have this one come out Wednesday, and then I will be off to Hawaii, and I will talk to you guys in a week and a half. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas. <laughs> hey, good for you. And I'm staying home. Thank you so much for listening, guys. It means the world to us. If you have a chance, please give us a five-star review as well as write something a little pretty in there so that we know that you know that we know that you care. Anyway, have a great day, guys. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know, it's good. I, was, I like that. You can't redo it without laughing. That was good. <laughs>